0: If you can tab over to the website time.is. dot uh, Oh, you don't have to do this because you don't have your own individual recording going. That's fine. That's right. So you can sit this part out while we fumfit around on this website. Ooh, just just like Ray Fine in the in the menu. Exactly like Ray Fine in the menu. Hopefully the body count is a little lower on this episode. A little, a little less s'mores this time.
1: Yeah, Jeffy, I need to rewind. What was the word? Did you say the word fumfit? F- what was that word? Yeah, fumfitting around. It's Yiddish. Fomfet? It's yeah. Yiddish? Okay. Yeah. Translate it, but with another Yiddish word. <laughs> uh, it's when you act all fakakta. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
2: I could go for some fakakta right now. It sounds tasty. <laughs> yeah. You're making me schwitz. <laughs> bunch of schmendricks
0: over here.
1: All of these words just sound the same to me. They all just mash into one word. Yeah.
2: No, but I feel like contextually you can Every time, of, they
1: all mean the same thing. No, I don't
3: know
2: if they mean the same thing. They, I feel like they've got a nuance. I mean, is schmear really that hard? Yeah, schmear is easy for klempt. You that's got easy. a
0: schlemiel, you got a schlemazel. Hoff and
3: Steph incorporated, incorporated
0: yeah. exactly. Yeah. Basically, if you read one issue of Mad Magazine, you can pick this all up from context quiz. <laughs> nice. This is episode 270 of Insert Credit, a relentless array of lovingly cultivated video game topics presented every week to a panel of experts, all kept apace by a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and one of my favorite first experiences with a video game that I encountered in the wild without having heard about it anywhere else before was playing Jazz Jackrabbit installed on a desktop PC in my summer camp's computer lab.
1: Oh, weird, why do you bring that one up? It's pretty random. Um, my name is Frank Cifaldi, and uh, first experiences with the game I encountered in the wild, right, without having heard about it first. So that right. was a prompt. To the letter. To the letter. Um, it was actually, I think I've told this story before, I'm gonna say it again, uh, walking by a game store and uh, seeing a, a TV pointed out, <clears throat> you know, uh, in the mall toward the the outside. So I could I could see this TV and, and uh, having the thought why are they playing a broadcast football game and it was actually NFL 2k on the Dreamcast yeah. and, uh, kind of blew my mind yeah. that was uh, the seminal
4: moment when graphics started not sucking yeah mm-hmm. target audience right there you're, you were the target you were the audience they were fi- they were they were searching for all along mm-hmm. there's a uh, guy who mistakes it for a TV broadcast right yeah that's uh, that was you, it good work you, who's you that it. speaking right now uh, my, I'm Tim Rogers and uh, one of my favorite experiences with a video game that I encountered out there in the world just for the first time just walking on by uh, yeah I don't know I'm just there's a lot of them I went to a lot of arcades okay I, I had never played the Namco arcade game assault and I saw it and I immediately saw assault which was published by Atari in the US at a uh, at, at, a, at a, a, a pizzeria in an Anthony's pizza on, on a US Air Force Base and I saw it that it had two big joysticks and I thought this is the kind of game I want. And that's basically it. If you haven't played Assault, check it out. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You're welcome.
2: I'm Brandon Sheffield. And let's see, I think I mentioned this before, but uh, when I was walking with my friend to a 7-Eleven in probably 1993 or so, I saw Street Fighter Two for the first time in a cabinet. And um, it might, it probably wasn't a 7-Eleven. It was like whatever. It was like corner store kind of thing we had but in my mind it was a 7-eleven because I think I think for me that's what a corner store was was the 7-eleven anyway uh regardless saw Street Fighter 2 for the first time there and then many years later I realized that it was rainbow edition um and so I think I saw Street Fighter 2 as rainbow edition first and uh, I was too intimidated to play it, and then my friend was like, you know, I got that back home, and then I played it on the Super Nintendo after that.
4: I, too, remember the first time I saw Street Fighter II, and it happened before Assault but I still put Assault in there. Just saying.
0: Again. Yeah, I think for me it was at that same summer camp. Uh, joining us this week is game designer of Unreal Tournament and Gears of War, co producer of the stage musical Hades Town, according to Wikipedia, and the man who taught a generation to reach out and touch someone with their gun, Clifford Dude Huge Plazinski. Hello.
3: Good to see you guys. Hello. I keep thinking, thinking about Assault, and you're like, the, there's the, the, two sticks. Like, I've played games with one stick, but two sticks. This is. Next level. Yeah, it's,
4: it's so good for those who haven't played RoboTron. Oh, it's it's better than RoboTron because it's an actual oh, shit. tank. That, that,
3: there's fighting. You're pushing.
4: Wars. You're pushing the sticks in different directions. There's a hat switch and there's a trigger on each stick. Do you guys ever play Tokyo Wars? Tokyo Wars, yeah, same developer. Oh no shit, it's all coming together now.
0: What was one of your favorite games you encountered in the wild without having heard about it anywhere else before?
3: Oh, this is actually a story I've never told anybody. Um, my brother went to West Point, uh, he went on a, 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 a hockey scholarship. Yeah, and um, and then they were doing like the, the family visit thing, you know, the weekend of graduation or family visit week, I can't remember what it was. And, I went to there's this like you know had a little party for the the, the cadets and the, the the families and whatnot now it must have been like nine years old they had one arcade cabinet at the little venue on west point and it was the game phoenix the old arcade game
2: oh yeah kind yeah of, you know, yeah you
3: know, like uh kind of like you know uh space invaders evolved kind of vibe right and uh, i just remember being enthralled by it but Years later, I woke up in the middle of the night and had that epiphany. You know, this wasn't that long. Ago. This was only a couple years ago where I was like, uh, in the first Gears of War game, there's the location East Barricade Academy, which I had created uh, as an inspiration, having gone to West Point, you know, Ooh. East Barricade, West Point, get it. And then, then I played a game called Phoenix there when my brother was going there. And then I named the character Phoenix in Gears. Marcus like, Phoenix. The Matrix oh, works in, re- in really weird ways, my friends. That's incredible. <laughs> That's good Wow. Stuff. An insert credit exclusive.
0: Now, we went over the rules of this show before the show, but one thing I did not tell you is that every episode of Insert Credit has a winner, which is determined by who did the best on it, and the prize is that you get the homework of coming up with the first question for the next episode. Brandon won last week's episode, which means... He gets to ask the first question this week. Uh-oh. Brandon, what do you have for us?
2: Ray. Um, So I was thinking about that time that I've mentioned on, on the show before when I was showed um, Mind Jack. I, I was working on a game out, out there, and they showed me Mind Jack. And they were like, what do you think? And I was like, "the the guns don't sound good enough there's no impact. And they are like, what should we do? And I was like, turn up the bass and turn up your own gun because my gun should sound louder than everyone else's. And, uh, that will make the shooting feel a little better. Um, and that was a first person shooter. And you're like, that'll be $300.
3: That's
2: right. My question is, uh, what makes a good third person shooter versus a first person shooter? What are the core and it's of, of making it feel good. Cliff, the first time we met, I believe was in, Tokyo, and I was talking to you about uh, like, whether the over-the-shoulder perspective was inspired by Resident Evil 4 uh, of Gears, because Gears wasn't even out yet.
4: Yeah, yeah. The first time we... Okay, so me and Brandon met uh, you at the same time. That's right. Um, uh, it's because I was writing an article about Gears of War for the official Xbox magazine UK, because the greatest trick I ever pulled was uh, convincing a bunch of British people that I was from England. <laughs> steady,
3: old, steady old mate. Sorry.
4: yeah so we did like a british we we did like an interview with you in uh like the hotel suite where you were in doing interviews about gears of war because i think the tokyo game show was like the first yeah like place that you really really showed it after like that you showed gameplay of it i'm not sure what the details were but we were yeah we were talking to you up there and you were talking about resident evil 4 you were like yeah i love resident evil 4 and then mark rain I guess we just call them out by name. Mark Rain was like, "Can we can we just talk more about Gears of War, please?" Uh, which was very funny. Uh, yeah. He kept trying to get us to talk about Gears of War. You were talking about Lunar. We were talking about Lunar Silver Star. Oh, it was that was game very funny.
3: That, that game, just yeah, that game. I loved that game so much. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Third, Man, third person that. camera. I mean, when you're doing a first versus a third person camera, there's so many little subtle things that add up to that fun. Apart from the gunshot. Um, and giving you know feedback is you know the the base the treble the sound the, the gun sound effects i mean if you've ever fired a real gun yeah sure they're loud but they don't really sound like what they do you know like in video games or movies they have to exaggerate yeah. it you know they, they they take like you know a 22 and they make it sound like a tremendous you know mortar or something like that but i think you know the camera in third person is is so crucial because when you're shooting in a, a first person shooter the camera's right down the, the, the barrel of the gun you can see your the foes. That much more uh clear you know, you know they're, they're not tiny little dots in the horizon but when you're third person you're already moving the camera back at least one or two people behind the player and i've seen so many third person shooters where you know my character feels like they're drifting away from me i need, I need to like send like a a tether or scorpions uh you know get over here attacked in order to have them be closed because i always liked characters that are snug in third person games and, and and in full view you don't always necessarily need to see their feet planting you can zoom in and Press, press left trigger to kind of get a pseudo almost first-person view. And so I'm massaging that camera to the right angle, apart from the audio, apart from the size of the enemies, the scale, the levels, all that stuff. The camera is is paramour for uh, third-person shooters. So I was I was
4: playing a bunch of Control yesterday. I don't know if you've played Control. That's yeah, a good game. I love Control. Um, and then I also, I had just recently purchased and downloaded the Alan Wake remaster, um, which uh, I then fired up Alan Wake. And I kept, while playing the Alan Wake remaster, I kept thinking, oh my god, is there something wrong with my computer? Is there something wrong in the settings? Because the position of the character was, like, slightly off from control. And it's like, I've played all of these third-person shooting games since it, it, it first became a thing, right? And it's like, the fact that I can go from one game, play a game for about an hour, and then go to another and if the characters in a slightly different position it feels
3: completely just mind mind melting it just feels completely wrong Oh, it completely—it it totally throws yeah. you off. There's a weird cognitive uh, dissonance that happens there. It's kind of like if you, you know, are on a Zoom meeting for you know an hour or two, and then you go to the real world, or if you do VR for a while, and there's this weird thing where you go from one thing to another where it just trips you out. My, yeah. my biggest thing going back to the whole camera thing is I don't, I, you know, I played Control, I, I enjoyed it, I got a little lost, but that's neither here nor there. The um, my wife loved uh, Alan Wake and played the hell out of it. I haven't played it, but my one of my biggest rules in a third person shooter game is to, if possible, never block the crosshair. Yeah. And I've seen games yeah. where the character is dead dead center and the character's overlapping the crosshair, and I'm just like, offset the character to the left or the right, add a zoom button, occasionally let you go in first person, things like that. But in the same thing, I've actually seen it in a certain amount of first person shooters where the first person gun you know, guilty as charged in some games I've worked on where the gun's just too fucking big and it takes up literally half the screen. And unless it's comedic, Mm -hmm. you know, like like the the gun from, you know, High On Life, Let's Let's Do It, you know, the final like, you know, BFG you get. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the huge gun is there for comedic effect to show you that this gun is OP, obviously. But, you know, whenever I see something get in the way of my crosshair, it just drives me absolutely insane. And I've seen that in certain very notable and very successful games. And apparently some people don't some people don't care. But Uncle Cliff cares. Damn it. I, th- I hmm. think there's a difference like a, so
4: Gears, um, you know, like it, it, there, for a long time, if you just whispered like a hint of playing a shooter with a controller you would get like a 100 people on the internet yelling at you and saying that mouse and keyboard is better, whatever, whatever, right? But it's like with the third person, like I feel like Gears of War is so extremely well sold the idea of using a controller to play a game, especially because it was, I mean, I assume it was developed for using a controller. Yeah, And I think that like playing playing something like Control where you're swinging the camera around a lot and you are blocking the crosshair kind of a lot, even in the middle of like really hectic fights with like, 20 enemies around you you will often be firing uh with the crosshair overlapping your character while you're playing the game and i think it's uh even even when playing it with a controller but playing it with a mouse it's especially especially noticeable
3: the game and the franchise were built from the ground up for console controls for you know exactly yeah for keyboard and mouse so when we did the uh pc uh you know port of the first gears like we had to adapt the controls and it was barely good enough you know to like press the space bar to get into cover and then you you know use the mouse to look around but in my opinion it's not quite the same you know and some games are just built more for the keyboard and the mouse it doesn't mean you i mean you yeah. can play you know you can play almost anything on anything one of the it goes back to you know certain games like you know i loved ori in the blind forest but i made the mistake of playing it with keyboard controls and then when i got to one of the later levels where the difficulty spike hit just tremendously it was this really hard jumping puzzle with these little creatures or entities decided to jump on and kind of fling myself from one to the next kind of like the upgraded version of the donkey kong country barrels i was just totally stymied by trying to do that with keyboard controls and I actually fell off at that point with the game because i was like fuck I, w- I wanted to beat this
4: would you say that, that that designing for a controller is is perhaps a trick to making a good third person shooter uh i mean that's that's kind of a loaded question i mean you could make a great third, uh, uh
0: and i need a quick answer because that's time
4: yeah, exactly. Alan Wake was Xbox 360 exclusive as well when it first came out. So that was clearly designed for controller as well. Yeah, but
3: my impression of that game is that it's, you know, more of a survival horror-ish game with it's slightly sure, slower sure. pace, if I recall. So you, you're not like, you know, you know shooting through legions of enemies. You know, you're using light as your weapon and things like that. So, you know, the pacing of the yeah, tension. Yeah, you're like aiming the light and also
4: aiming the gun at the same time.
3: Well, it goes exact, but it goes back to you know Resident Evil um four, where that was clearly made for you know console controls and the slower yeah. pace. And you actually had to stop and pop and to shoot the enemies. Um, and so you know every game is different, every control system is is different, and it just comes down to what each designer and and team thinks works best for each individual product. Beautifully but said. I just you know, I I like my fighting games. I like my third person shooters generally on the controller. I like my first person shooters. And like RTS-type games and MOBA-type games with a keyboard and a mouse.
0: Yeah. One thing we like to do on Insert Credit is sometimes uh, settle classic who would win in a fight debates. And I want to tackle that on a more conceptual level. Uh, Let's discuss who has more power, a game director or a game
3: producer?
2: Oh, what country are we in?
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good question. Never thought about it that way.
2: In the West – the the director kind of has more power, uh, I would say in general. But in Japan, the producer is is like above the director quite often, and is uh, responsible for more design decisions at a higher level than the director is. Yeah, the, the director is kind of executing that.
4: Yeah, so like Shigeru Miyamoto is always credited as producer. Yeah, and Hideo Kojima is director. So.
3: What does that even mean? I mean, my own personal experience in the Gears franchise was that, you know, Rod Ferguson, you know, from the first Gears all the way through to the third, you know, I was, you know, when I started on the first Gears, I was very, you know, wet behind the ears for lack of a better term, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and let's do this, that and the other. And then, you know, Rod came in with his Microsoft experience and, you know, of shipping games, you know, hands down, one of the best producers in the business. And he's like, slow your, slow your roll there, Cliffy, you know, we got to actually like ship this game, you know, in a reasonable time frame and a reasonable budget. You can't just have 8 million different things that you think you want because it sounds cool. Rod kind of woke me up to the fact that, you know, I always knew over the years that games cost money, etc. Uh, but, you, you know, you're shipping the best game you can in so many months with so much money. And he was there to kind of keep me honest. So, at the end of the day, you know, Rod had veto power over many, many things I wanted to. And there was a very delicate balance. But I think, I think it, again, it comes down to each individual team. You know, like I, I guarantee a guy like Ken Levine, you know, you know says jump the team says how high. But, you know, it still took a Rod Ferguson to ship Bioshock Infinite. So...
2: Yeah, I was, I was just listening to that and and thinking, I don't want someone to tell me I can't do stuff, even though I know I need. To. <laughs> well, then you've got to do a coach. Limitations
3: jimotor. force creativity. Never forget yeah, that. I, no, mm-hmm. I know,
2: I know. It's it's. I just, I we just had a conversation today about some bosses that we're doing, and uh, someone I, won't, I I won't say who uh, on on our team because uh, I don't know if they want their name invoked. They were like, "Whatever you're thinking, cut it in half." <laughs> I was like, "Dang it." but i don't want yeah, i mean
3: the, the old saying is you know scott miller and george broussard from 3d realms back in the day used to say cutting features ships games and you know that was a tough reality for me i you know i was you know uh you know 30 31 years old you know working on this game and you know like i wanted to put all these features and i wanted to have it like a dog you could get at one part that could detect emergence holes kind of like the dogs could detect terminators <laughs> in, the, in the terminator franchise and they're always, we can't do four-legged characters that's too much and i'm like no and you know, we had that torque bow weapon, and I wanted to actually have the player use it like a bow, and then we realized we only, we only wanted to make it fit within the existing animation set of holding it like a rifle, which in the hindsight was not that bad of a trade-off for memory reasons and, and, and resource reasons. But, you know, game development is so much trade-offs, you know. I would never want full control over anything. I like those limitations creatively, not just from a game standpoint, but from every aspect of entertainment you know you, you look at jaws you know the reasons why jaws was such an effective film we all know is because you know they couldn't shoot bruce the fucking shark which added to the tension yeah, right
2: no it was good and and i do remember that first time we saw gears in tokyo there was like a lot more like emergent storytelling type stuff that was that was hopefully gonna happen at that time and and there you know they were like read every poster on the walls and like maybe you can go into the buildings and stuff and that didn't wind up coming to pass, but uh, the game was probably better because you didn't wind up having this, like, sprawling open world thing that had all this stuff in it. Um, it wound up being like, well, it
3: was your, your, your query right there in regards to, you know, wanting to see more of that in the, the franchise actually reminds me of a memory because I remember as a wee lad way before, you know, uh, a lot of the potential audience who's listening here was even born when uh doom came out, the, the granddaddy of them all. And I remember playing it and seeing, you know, these monitors and the screens and I remember seeing all what looked like this cool tech on the walls and things like that. none of which you could interact with outside of the occasional button. And I remember, you know, uh, having that conversation with, you know, George Broussard, you know, the, the creators, one of the main creators of, you know, Duke Nukem 3D, and talking to all of them about that. And that's, they played Doom and they thought Doom was great, but they were like, you know, what can we do to, to twist this and the interactivity? It was something that George wanted. That's why Duke Nukem had so much stuff, he could just, you know, press all the buttons on the walls. And that's why Tom Hall, one of the original designers, because he was arguing with, you know, John Carmack, the legendary 3D uh, programmer and we all know Carmack and you know Carmack was like look you know the game is fun it is as it is you know we have the graphical advantage you know ship it you know and Carmack was just very much Occam's razor of game game design and that's why John Romero you know as a creative felt so frustrated as well working with him that he went on and founded Ion Storm and uh, you know his rule was design is law but it's like You know, he had, you know, carte blanche, you know, all that Tomb Raider money from Idos at the time, and then ultimately had, you know, for lack of a better term, enough rope to hang himself, you know, and that's why. Yeah, I read Masters
4: of Doom, right, and you, yeah, I read Masters of Doom a couple of times, and you look back at, like, Quake, right? Um, And Quake was originally, according to John Romero, it was going to have all sorts of RPG elements. And there was uh, factors of like their Dungeons and Dragons campaign that they were writing at the same time. Uh, Like his uh, based on like his character from Dungeons and Dragons and there's wizards and, and monsters and stuff. And it ended up just being the first like really virtuosically hyper fast 3D shooter game. And you play it now. You can play Quake right now. And it's just a brilliant, brilliant game still. Minus, I remember when Night Dive released their remaster of it last year, John Romero did a tweet where he was like, oh, Quake is kind of a kind of a weird memory for me. But, you know, the more I think back on it, the more I'm like, this is a really good game. So it's like John Romero, even now, now he acknowledges that Carmack was definitely, Carmack was definitely a really good influence. Because like, he's like a hybrid of a producer and like, an engineer like right mm. at the same time and then you know you look at Gears of War right and Gears of War is is six levels right guess what else has six levels like Contra like all the old Japanese arcade games are just six levels a couple of guns right so maybe the secret is to be a video game director who has played uh or or developed old Japanese uh <laughs> shooting games in the arcade I
3: mean what, what's what's old is new I mean and Gears has a lot of that Contra DNA on it, and you're one of the few people to mention that Oh yeah, I, I grew up playing that
4: Gears Two basically like is a contra because you even go inside of an alien and like <laughs> chainsaw its heart right exactly like that's exactly. contra
2: as heck. See all the man. genius that's there. Just doing bro yeah. bro
3: stuff, <laughs> just chainsawing monster hearts. The the, the the thing that Carmack knew was you know with his, when he put his producer hat on, apart from being a genius coder, is that you know everything is all trade offs. And Carmack knew with the tech he was introducing with every subsequent version of id tech. That there was enough risk there involved that if they went on and started implementing these characters with multi-sided die to figure out whether they hit or not on on the beholder or God knows what, um, it would really add layers of complexity that would extend the development cycle of the game. And then the technology that Carmack had made that looked so fresh and shiny would would start to you know look a little long in the tooth if they took extra years to make the game and they'd lose their their competitive advantage, which it, in many ways you know was you know the, the the graphical improvements that you know Carmack worked so hard to implement alongside you know bare bones sleek. You know, home to a tease, uh gratifying shooter gameplay, right? And it, 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 but you had to have, you know, the Carmack special touch at that point. And if you didn't have it, you, you missed a little bit. Of, and it, at the same time, a lot of it, its games missed some of that heart for a while after Romero left. So it's all, it's all trade offs.
2: that know? special touch, I, I
3: think ultimately. Effectively, I think the answer is producer.
4: Though I think, uh, like, okay, so without uh, without uh, Rod Ferguson,
2: said it's uh,
4: honing Gears <laughs> of War one into a a, a six level, uh, uh, basically an eight bit game in three D. Uh, without that, would you have uh, subconsciously put that Contraism into Gears of War two? I mean, well, you know, would it have ended up feeling as much like Contra? I don't know. Maybe the producer has the power. A good producer, uh,
3: from my from my experience with Rod, a good producer picks up some of the slack when a, a, a designer slash director, you know, is just overwhelmed, like. You know, I was too busy sitting at the home base, you know, playing the levels and playing the game, playing the newly crafted multiplayer, giving feedback, adjusting the camera, adjusting the blood to make sure it looks like squishy and, and the sounds were great. Um, you know, whereas, you know, Rod wanted to go to L.A. and, you know, manually direct the voiceover cast. Uh, and he also, mm-hmm. you know, participated in the marketing stuff that we were all working on. Like he was very hands on. He wasn't just sitting there with an Excel spreadsheet saying, you know, you need to yeah. turn your two, your two fucking TPS reports or Microsoft's going to be pissed. He was uh, very hands-on creatively, which is why he did a, in my opinion, a good job with four and five as much as I still have notes. <laughs> uh, I like he, four and five, but, but I,
4: lo- <laughs> I like gears too. Dude. Uh,
0: let's go into our next topic. At CES last week, Japanese developer Aroma Join unveiled their <laughs> Aroma Shooter device, designed to uh. shoot custom scent particles at you while you watch movies or even play video games.
1: Doesn't this happen every year? Every That's, CES yeah. has a smell of vision yeah, We know that. Well, what kind of games would work best with this kind of
3: thing? They got rid of uh, you know, the, the adult video expo at the same time as CES because I don't want porn smell of vision okay? Yeah.
4: They yeah. they like okay so it's like the, the the vast majority of video games do not deal with subject matter or themes that anyone in their god darn right <laughs> mind would want to smell, you know? Certainly. Would you want to smell Elden Ring? Would you want to smell The Last of Us? Oh, Smelled Ring though. The <laughs> Ring would be the thing. The Last of Us por- portrays a future uh, full of uh, fungus activated zombie people and uh, humans who have lived without any kind of bathing or deodorant for Twenty plus years. I
3: think you would have to you'd have to build a game experience that's custom built for that. You know, remember the the yeah. wonderful little little game journey or the game flower. Mm-hmm. Right, imagine you know making a very pleasant experience where you're. Super smelling Mario you know.
1: Odyssey has that that cooking. Yeah, world. exactly. There's a cooking yeah. world. Well, I was going to say all of Odyssey has a really yeah, good smell yeah, for me. A- yeah, every level has a good smell.
3: But you can, you can also play with it and occasionally have a stink mushroom or something like that, you know, kind of like those, my, my, my wife's stream, she's been doing that thing with those beans, the jelly beans, where it's like one out of every other one's like liver and onions or some shit. And it's, it's comedy gold, it's content gold. And so I think, you know, make, make a world that's pleasant and very smellable and once in a while, give them a stinky band aid smell.
2: So here's what I would do. I would get, uh, I would get sweary because he loves, he loves it like a hookah and stuff. And I would get, <laughs> all right. He loves <laughs> he, he loves his beer. He loves his beer too. <laughs> loves his beer, he loves his hookah. I would I would get like a I've
4: never seen him post an Instagram photo drinking a beer.
2: <laughs> not, <laughs> not a donkey
4: milk drinker either.
2: Not <laughs> a donkey milk drinker. Um a uh, so like a, a Valhalla like game where you're a um a hookah bar owner and you have to mm-hmm. mix the right um uh, the right hookah the right hookah tincture for for your your customer as you're in like a visual novel and whatever and uh, and you you smell them before before giving them out to the person and that's how you know that they're right and you can smell it as you're mixing it. and you're like oh man that's see, gone that's wrong. that's
3: that's interesting and that's that's you craft the game around that one hinging piece of technology right it's kind of like yeah You know, making the plastic guitar for Guitar Hero or Rock Band, and then it's built for it, right? That's a really, you know, or you know, you're it's a a more chill, casual game where you're making, you know, perfume scents for celebrities or maybe real celebrities or you know, maybe you know the new scent by you know whatever Kardashian person or whatever. Like they like they, they they mentioned in an interview that they liked their time they spent in the Redwood forest or some shit, right? And then you're, you're trying to mix that, you know, like that kind of stuff that you, you know, you, you built it. It's like when Nintendo built games for the, the DS and the touchscreens and everything like that, they leverage that tech. So you want to, you want to use it with, right?
2: The problem with a company like uh, Sony, for example, is like Nintendo did a great job of showing how you use the technology and why you would want to use it with the Wii and the DS and stuff. And then Sony would come and they like the, the rear touch on the Vita and they're like, um, use it if you want. I guess uh, they, they didn't like exemplify
3: it. You don't it. have to use it if you don't want to,
4: yeah. but it's here guys. That's, that's Sony with all the features. No, but the, it's
3: like, it's like six axis. Like no one, no one wanted six axis. And as much as I was a proponent of connect, cause I actually liked it. My watching my like seven year old nephew play soccer was great. Like was,
2: it could have been cool. It have been, uh, cool. you know,
3: there, was, was there ever a killer app. And that's one of the issues facing VR right now that we could, we could go on that rabbit hole, but I don't know what your uh, topic list is. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, I've got I've got Peter I've got Peter Molyneux's killer app for the smellivision here. Are you okay, ready? Okay. Yeah. It's a game yeah. where you play the part of a waiter in a fancy <laughs> restaurant with elite clientele, and you just recently suffered an accident that broke your neck. You are wearing a neck brace, and you cannot look down. And it's very rude. These people don't take kindly to being asked, uh, you know, what what they're eating. You're, you're not the waiter. <laughs> you're the guy who, who who brings the wine. So they ask what wine you recommend, and you have to smell their food and then recommend a wine
1: without seeing it. You have to without seeing it because you
4: can't look down because your neck is broken, Got and it. you can't ask them what they're eating because. Because they do not take kindly to being asked about their survival business.
2: horror game where you have to smell the enemy would totally do it.
3: <laughs> this is this all sounds like David Cronenberg pitches,
1: yeah, so i I actually I, I don't think you make mechanics around the smell. I think that you just add texture to environments with smell. Like I just, keep thinking about mario odyssey and like the smell of the cave mm-hmm. where that dinosaur is right like or the, the smell of like the, the, the
4: forest a forest that smells yeah, nice the
1: like... smell of the city even you know kind of vaguely gassy uh, you know but if
2: i'm if i gotta strap something to my face it's gotta have like a real function is it is
1: it strapped to your face 100% no it blasts the particles at you from oh. like a sound bar area,
0: okay, right? Like
3: it's like, then. Never yeah. Mind, sorry. yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, like, you know, there's a not like it has to just exist and vanish into the background. And the thing is, right. is, you know, it's all fun, we can all like joke about this technology all day long. Um, but the thing is, the scent is a very powerful thing. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, when my oh, mother yeah. transplanted me to Southern California when I was a wee teen. You know, like there was like all these, there were all these jasmine plants around everywhere. The smell of jasmine in the Mm -hmm. evening will always take me back to being a teenager. Uh, And, and that's the thing is the smell of like a basement. You know, we had a basement growing up in Boston and whenever I smell that musty smell, boom, you're back there. It's like the scene in Ratatouille where the, the, the chef eats the Ratatouille. Mm -hmm. Boom, he's a kid back in the the countryside of France when his mom made it for him, right? Like, yeah, scent is, scent is is very powerful. And, uh, you know, but I don't think, you know, the technology doesn't work and it's a joke until it works. Right. It's the same thing with everything in the world. Like what yeah. VR really that you mean, Dactyl nightmare. And, you know, apart from there being no killer apps that I, that I oh, can say. Dactyl nightmare, dude.
2: Man, I played that. <laughs> I played
3: Dactyl nightmare at a block party in 1993. I did it. Yeah. It's like, that's like a, it's like the premise for like a Seth green 1990s movie. <laughs> yeah, dude.
4: Oh my God. You know, the VR, uh, <laughs> the 3d, you know, I didn't think 3d movies were anything special. And then I watched Avatar two on Saturday night.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, and, uh, that's uh, time
4: we don't we can't I, talk about Avatar ooh. two. So I'm waiting for the Avatar two of Smell-O-Vision is what I'm saying. Yeah. So well,
3: that's it's the killer app for everything, and I'm, I'm waiting yeah. on Avatar two at my Alamo Draft House, is uh, you know in town, and I just you've got to see a 3D IMAX, dude. Uh, yeah, but our our local our local IMAX sucks, so I don't know. We'll see. Shoot, I know. I enjoyed the first one, and that's the thing is it goes back to 3D is james cameron's one of like four directors that understands the best way to leverage 3d so it's not just about the ball flying at your face it's about the depth of the scene and leveraging it
4: fly up to new york city man you're like an hour flight away right something like that fly up to new
3: york city and uh, check it out at the Lincoln lincoln square imax we'll be up there in april one of my favorite stories uh, back when i was in my 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 younger days when i was a single lad is you know, talking to a Southern girl at a bar, and she goes, ah, "I don't make it out to the big city that often," and I'm like, "Yeah, I only get to New York two or three times a year." And she goes, "I'm talking about Raleigh, Raleigh. They've <laughs> nice. got American Airlines has
4: flights from Raleigh to LaGuardia going for eighty dollars right now. I know oh, this. It's,
3: it's, it's, it's an easy hop.
4: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a short flight, and LaGuardia is nice now. In case you didn't know
3: that, yeah, they they apparently they they, they unfucked it after what ten years of construction."
4: Yeah, after 10 years of construction and like 50 years of being a joke, it is now the most pleasant airport that I, you know, I mean, I live like 15 minutes away from it on by taxi, but it's like, love yeah, but the, 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 the,
3: the ceilings were like the, 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 the half, like, you know, floor. That oh, it was, was horrible. In, like, be, being, being John Malkovich, where like he goes in that kind of half.
4: Just like the last of us fungus strips of asbestos falling out of the ceiling and such. Yeah, it was it was terrible. It was a
3: Silent Hill level. Fuck, It was, it was horrible. I, I would try to fly to JFK.
4: Yeah, yeah. well, Well now definitely choose LaGuardia every time. It's it's a beautiful airport now. People don't know this.
0: We have a tradition on the first show of the new year where we have our whole panel together to design a game using something from the material that's just lapsed into the public domain. Okay. Uh, This year, the last of Arthur Conan Doyle's stories are now copyright free. Uh, So I think it's time to enlist Cliffy B's help on the 3D sequel to Frank
4: Cifaldi's Super Sherlock Holmes.
2: Oh, we got to make it. Uh, Well, it would
4: have to be called Sherlock Holmes, The Final Problem, because that's the last story uh, Arthur Conan Doyle wrote, right? Was it it,
3: really? Was that actually, is that actually true? No, I don't
0: don't think it's the last one. He meant it
4: to be the last one. He meant it to be the last one, and then he brought him back. Kind of like Final Fantasy. Right. I I think it should still be called Sherlock Holmes, The Final Problem, Part One. That should be the name of the game. (laughs)
1: What do you think? Oh, that's
4: good. That's I'm the good name of the that. game. Yeah. That's got to be yeah. it. And I think it definitely should be a third-person shooter where you have a gun, uh, <laughs> just a really big gun, and you solve mysteries with
3: what, a gun. What about like a third-person solver? Wait, was that was there ever Sherlock Holmes in the future kind of shit done? It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Uh, I think there was a '90s cartoon along those lines, if I remember right. But Super Sherlock Holmes was a uh, a 16-bit platformer, and the premise. Was that um, it was done back in the day by a developer uh, who did not uh, have access to translated source material and 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 made guesses. Uh, about sherlock holmes and his world and his characters wait, wait,
3: wait, what, what what platform was this on like three, three uh,
1: imagine like, kind of a super super nintendo it has super to be super nintendo, nintendo yeah, yeah. So, like, that and like fester's quest or something like yeah so it, it, basically like fester's quest is like just a kind of a misunderstanding and it, it's from that time where like anything could go with the licensed uh product kind of like right?
4: batman the nes game except sherlock holmes on super nes
1: so the the mechanic was a combination actually of of Batman's uh cape glide and Scrooge McDuck's um uh cane, right? So you can kind yeah. of glide stomp. Um and uh the the misunderstandings were things like uh, you know, Watson was um Stan Laurel. Is that the the fat one from Laurel and Hardy? Whatever the fat one is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that that's him and um, you know, Baskerville was inhabited only by dogs. They were the hounds of Baskerville, stuff like that. Just like... I see
3: what they did there! Complete yeah. misunderstanding
1: <laughs> of the source material. That was the first game. I, I believe uh, in this timeline that, that Jaffe's proposing, this was a very successful game, and the IP is being uh, revisited, I would say, by someone who is now more serious about it, yeah, and maybe yeah. it the joke. It's
4: probably Platinum Games. Platinum okay. Games has the rights to it
2: have to keep some of the misunderstandings.
4: They're going to deliver a slightly disappointing video game that is nonetheless quite
3: polished. Wait, I'm confused. So is this about, like, Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain? Arthur Doyle's works in the public domain now? Or- right. so not all
1: of the stories were at the time that we designed Super Sherlock Holmes, but now every Conan Doyle thing is. So uh, we have more supporting characters, more stories, right? Right. You're allowed to make him nice now. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, I mean, de- de- detectives, uh, detective content and murder mysteries are in more than ever these days, although if you were to start something now, it would take two to three years to make. I mean, you look at, you know, Knives Out and Glass Onion as, you know, the Agatha Christie style murder mysteries. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, that's one of the the things that, you know, Rocksteady got right with, uh, you know, Arkham Asylum is, you know, Batman's the greatest detective, you know, and actually, yeah, he kicks the shit out of people and he has all these gizmos, but he's a detective so you know, you you could make something compelling out of that, um, you know, as opposed to you know a side-scrolling platformer, you know, where I'm thinking, all right, if the, the the sidekick's a fat dude, give him some sort of rolling abilities and start making some lost Vikings kind of
1: experience. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was in there too. Like he could lay down and you could bounce off of his belly. Oh I man,
4: maybe LeStrade is the third Viking, and LeStrade <laughs> is like a hot anime girl. What do you think?
1: <laughs> okay, so this is like a 3D next-gen Lost Vikings. That's what we're going for. Yeah,
4: I think, oh, but also like a Batman Arkham Asylum-like. <laughs> is it? Is it, is it... Both
1: of these things yeah, somehow. I, I feel like it's got to think... be more Batman and, and that
2: you're you're like, it's a first-person solver and you're just like throwing out solutions at people. Um, You, you, you come across a person and he's like, hey, Gov. And then you like look at the four points on his body and you're like... Oh, his his watch is dirty because he he, he put his hands in the in the f- fishmonger's bucket yesterday or whatever, <laughs> just uh, and 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 put the clues together really quickly for everybody. I don't know.
1: I think it's a straight up Arkham City, but old London. Okay. yeah but also yeah. i think there's
3: you could you could lift a little heavy rainish vibe in there too right where there's just press a button to uh, do a detective
4: thing what
1: other what other games can we throw into the soup yeah come on it's lost vikings heavy rain arkham asylum there it is does it have two joysticks though yeah
2: <laughs> two joysticks yeah twin stick uh and and um milo is there and he gets cancer
3: yeah, left stick is holmes right stick is watson there you go Ooh. oh my god brothers yeah, it's just like brothers. <laughs> yeah, I just
1: throw that in. Yeah, that's one. Just that's just one level, though. It kind of like goes off the rails for a
3: minute. Mm-hmm. Are you a bad enough dude to solve the mystery? Yeah. Well, yeah, well but I'm, we're, always we're, I'm always a fan of uh, old school limited video games. But boom, step three, profit. In all seriousness, wouldn't it be
4: really cool if there were like a bunch of like really dense, like full length Sherlock Holmes mystery, uh, you know, solving games on PC? Yeah,
3: that's a yeah, joke. There are. Right. Uh, yeah. you can Every- check them out. Whenever- are they are are they big? Are they executed well? Yeah, yeah,
4: they're good. Whenever there's a Steam sale, you can get like all of them for like twenty bucks. Uh, it's worth a shot. The cops are coming to get me right now. I don't know if you can hear it. I think
0: that's the siren, which means it's time to go on to our improv zone. (laughs) Uh, This is a segment everyone is good at and our guest always loves, where Mm -hmm. we put together an impromptu acted out scene. In this scenario, Cliff, you are the commander of a COG squadron laying out the latest mission against the Locust horde on Sarah to a batch of new recruits from other video games who (laughs) don't quite understand the brief. I've dropped our panelists' mm-hmm. identities in the host-only chat. Okay. Uh, Cliff, you have to try to work out who each of them are. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Uh,
2: so, boss, All right, what do we got? Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna want to punch some things. Can I punch the locusts? Can I punch them? I'm I'm just ready to punch some things if that's fine.
3: Well, you little maggot. There's uh, a lot of uh, you know soldiers that are ready to punch. I need to know like if you're wearing a uniform. I need to know if it's actually in line with orders.
2: I'm wearing the the uniform of my warrior people. And, the, and I got my punching gloves on. That's all I need. That's all I need.
1: I mean, that, that's, that's good and all, but like, are any of the locusts um, attractive ladies that would be into me?
3: Uh, well, I mean, it depends on what you define as attractive because it's subjective, you little maggot. I'm going to use maggot a lot during this. Um, well, mean, it's not like... the
1: first time I've been called a, a, a maggot, sir. Um, but um, I guess my, my, my question is, um, uh, you know, I brought these rubbers and, and I want to know if, that, if, if if they're going to be utilized in this war, sir. Rubbers, is that like a bouncy spring? Well,
3: soldier, how do you, how, how do you prefer your fornication, sir? Do you prefer it, uh, gentle or are you, pre- are you more of a leather or lace uh, <laughs> character, <laughs> sir? <laughs>
1: uh, yes, sir.
3: I did not yes. detect leather or lace on this man.
2: Why are you saying, sir?
3: <laughs> all right, so we have somebody likes to punch and somebody likes somebody, likes, somebody likes to fuck in my squad, right? I see only polyester <laughs> on this man.
2: Uh, anyway, uh, so with these locusts, um, can they fly? Because right. I, I can glide, and uh, I feel like that's going to be really useful. And I should take point, and I will destroy them all.
3: Okay, are you trying to be uh, Alex kid, or are you trying to be uh, the character from Dreams?
2: Uh, I do not know who who these characters are that you speak of. I uh, would only like to acquire some (laughs) Chaos Emeralds after uh, destroying (laughs) some locusts. Please, sir. Thank you. Oh,
3: okay. Uh, Can you crack your knuckles?
2: I I will do it right now. Yes. Yes. They're very big and and prominent and strong. I I have a lot of
1: random stuff in my pockets. I I really hope that helps. (laughs) I have uh, um, a big gulp and uh, some chattering teeth, and a joke book.
2: Sir, I volunteered to punch this man in the testicles.
1: <laughs> oh, are
3: are you uh, Frank there? Are you used to fighting zombies? Uh, no. Okay.
2: He cannot fight. Oh. He has no honor. He has no chaos emeralds.
3: <laughs> right, I'm going to need more data from the squad here before I can make a proper
4: assessment. These locusts are far weaker than anything I have ever dealt with, to be perfectly
3: honest. <laughs> Okay. Uh, can you tell me some more stories about your prior encounters?
4: I
2: volunteer to punch him.
3: <laughs> I have killed those who
4: some do not believe exist. I have killed all of them.
1: Do I have
3: a random JRPG guy in my
1: squad? In
2: the time he has spoken, I've gathered five. More ambulance. or less, yes. <laughs> uh, you girl. know,
1: you shouldn't listen to him. the The gods of Olympus abandoned him years ago.
3: Okay, Ooh. so I think we have. I think. I think I've been assigned Kratos, and I think I've been assigned Knuckles I have so six far. Now.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm working
3: away. Now I'm getting confused. Are you, uh, Eggman? Now, like I don't know.
2: I need all the emeralds, regardless of what sort of man I am. No, you, you. Uh, I am Knuckles. I'm a proud, proud warrior of my people.
3: <laughs> yeah, you've got two of them. <laughs> you will
4: never find the emeralds, fool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: No, I've got nothing. I've got nothing but pockets of inventory, and I'm horny. Like there's really nothing else.
3: When I asked, I asked command in order to to have something to fight the locust. I was hoping for shadow because I'm pretty sure shadow actually packs heat. Correct.
2: True, but he has no honors, So uh, you're lucky that I'm here, <laughs> and I've almost got my Severna- seven emeralds, and I'm gonna go Super Saiyan. Uh, Frank, there's one more thing you can tell. I about, must right? say,
4: this man, this man says he has pockets, but uh, <laughs> his garment does not quite. <laughs> approach the quality
2: standards of even my ancient people yes i would say that his uh, clothing is too relaxed
1: <laughs> so i've never fought i've oh, never right. fought locusts but I, I i have inhabited the land of the lounge lizards
3: oh god, oh, god. did you go with is, is are you wearing a leisure suit <laughs> uh, i am
1: in fact at this moment but uh, uh i guess, i suppose you could call this a leisure suit but you know it, it's in fashion again
3: a low quality garment. Let me let me check my, my list here. Are you, the, are you uh, Larry? I believe. Uh, Larry
1: Laffer. Yes. Congratulations, <laughs>
0: Cliff! You got all three of your new recruits. We got <laughs> we got Leisure Suit Larry. We got Knucklehead. I got now. my seventh amulet. I'm
1: ready to go.
0: <laughs> and we got John Kratos. Congratulations. W- were
3: we trying to keep it secret? Most <laughs> <No>, surprisingly <laughs> difficult because I didn't know if you are going to pick some like random like uh, you know old game that came out in, like '84. Believe me, I was tempted. Uh, did you like my
4: uh, mentioning that Leisure Suit Larry was wearing a uh, polyester? I yes, did. that was great.
3: That. Uh, put uh, you know. that in a list of games that wouldn't actually uh, come out these days.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? They made one like last year, but unfortunately. <laughs> <did>. Shut up, <laughs> did they really? Yeah, pretty recent.
0: Yeah, let's all check out the Leisure Suit Larry series on Moby Games while we take a quick break.
1: Have I ever mentioned on this show that Leisure Suit Larry is the most remastered game ever? Shut up.
3: Yeah, it's incredible, dude. Right, no, more so than uh, Dragon Slayer.
1: Uh, yes, it's only really been remastered once from the film, I think. So, Larry started as a game called Soft Porn Adventure, mm-hmm. which was a yeah. text only game. SPA, and then there was Leisure Suit Larry, it was a remaster of Soft Porn Adventure, and that's an EGA graphics game. That game was remade into a VGA point and click adventure, and Leisure Suit Larry won. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that game was remade into an HD remaster, uh, via Kickstarter. So, it has been remastered three times.
0: Oh, so, uh, The Last of Us Part. Part one is catching up. That's That's right.
1: Ooh, well played. Well I played. Get a couple
0: more cast, I'm Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for us to go to the dirt bag. This is the point in every episode where we pull a question submitted to us at patreon.com slash insert credit, where for mere dollars a month, you can get access to that form that allows you to submit questions like these, uh, get monthly bonus episodes, and other... Neat goodies, as we drop them down in the feed. Neat uh, This week's neat question... Neat goodies. Yeah.
2: Not meat goodies. <laughs> not, yeah, not, not
0: good meaties, you know? Neat goodies. <laughs> uh, this week's question comes from Seth, who asks, What is the best sound related to video games that does not come from an actual game itself? For example, the sound of a quarter being dropped into an arcade cabinet.
2: Mm. Hmm. Well, it's not... Uh, it's not the the click of a button because man i i watch fighting game streams and uh they they, they're all they always mic their their controller and
1: it drives
2: me me nuts yeah
1: i don't like it so it's not that um it's also not the uh the awakening screech of a dreamcast (laughs) (laughs) you mean oh you mean like the sound of the the motor in there what no, do you this, mean, it, it doesn't. It scream like a giant
2: beep. You mean the VMU beep? Yeah, that's when your the the VMU, VMU has, beep, has no battery.
4: Because yeah. I mean, yeah. Ryuichi Ichisakamoto composed the Dreamcast opening sound. So, oh well, it's, it's that meticulous. yeah, I, it's I, beautiful. I think
1: that I think in software it ca- that counts as yeah. It doesn't. Oh, that doesn't audio. count. Of
4: course, of course.
3: Well, for me, it's not a one to one. But what I do miss with my old CRT monitors is the the sound of degaussing my monitor.
2: Yeah. Mm. <sighs> I yeah, like that's that. a good yes. one. Yeah, it was like yeah, it's sound. like digitally
3: digitally cracking your nail, your neck, or your your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just wow. that like it's it's,
1: warm. it's wom it's w o m. That's yeah. the sound. Yeah, it's a yeah, really it's good a, sound. Yeah, and then it wound it, up an in inception. I'd put a second m in there. Happens yeah, in perfect
4: fair. conjunction with the the visual effect as well. Uh, it sounds exactly as how it looks.
1: Oh, you know what? You know what? I got one. The the when you pull the trigger on the NES zapper. The spring on
4: ah that. see I was going to say that man uh, but then I thought isn't this too close to just that is that not part of the video game but I thought I, I think thought, so. I think using the hardware
3: counts no, I know it's outside it's hardware but it's like yeah well I'm thinking about know. was it was it Time Crisis that actually had the controllers that had the, the physical kickback on them in the arcades or the the top of it would actually oh kick? yeah yeah uh it, the Time Crisis in the arcade the uh, there was not all of them uh, House of the Dead uh, Is it House of the Dead two and three have yeah. uh, guns that vibrate really hard, but I mean that's such a loaded question because when you're talking about video games and video game audio they're like you know apart from dropping a hoarder in like what what else is there besides you know like I had to really pull that one out of my ass to talk about
2: the your monitor yeah <laughs> good one though that's i mean that's all we do on this show is uh is is retrieve things from our posteriors <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> kind of navigate wait. around the question no, i I got one um I like the uh the kachunk when you, this is, sorry, this is, speaking of pulling things from nowhere, Casio Loopy, when you, after you print out a sticker, you, you, you have to hit a button to cut the, uh, the sticker so that you can take it out, and, and that little ka-chunk is nice. Little ka we all know.
4: <laughs> I like the sound of clicking a Nintendo DS cartridge into the Nintendo DS. Yeah, doors. I was gonna say that one. It's a very satisfying sound, but again, that just feels too, uh,
2: I don't
1: know. It doesn't feel peripheral enough. I mean feel like that. something more more ethereal. I don't agree with it cuz that's not even in game. That's like, I don't know. Well, it's, it's not like, it's not in game. No, it's not. It's, totally fine. it's just, even theoretically you'd have to be like not engaging with a game but game related. Like like what is your criteria?
4: it's a trick question i don't know the sound they're of all a, trick the, questions the sound of the of of the toaster popping my pop tarts up before <laughs> i play my nes games uh,
3: yeah, it's, so this is from your patreon so somebody spent money to just give us a very difficult question so could put more power th- that's
4: what they do yeah. yes yeah. That's, yeah, that's, so, that's not bad that's
1: why they're dirt back. that's what they pay for
4: my mom would make us pop tarts before we played our nes games and the sound of the pop tart popping
3: that would actually be a more fun, que- a more fun question. Be What food do you associate with your youth in playing your video games, right? Oh,
4: yeah. I mean, I, I'm making the thing up about the Pop-Tarts, but... Uh, but you, uh, you have what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I, I do.
2: I do have to add one sound. The sound is good, but the feeling is very bad. Um, when you drop US Sega Saturn game case, it shatters like a wine glass. It it, it ha- It's a beautiful, hinkling, uh, crackling, destroying sound. But uh of course it, it it you're watching your video game do value in front of your in front of your eyeballs as you do. <laughs> if that. I uh, dropped
4: my entire Sega Saturn video game collection, it would just sound like it'd make no sound. A, a two terabyte SSD hitting the floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know what <laughs> I mean. Very nice. Anyway, yeah. Very, very nice.
0: I think we've addressed that to uh full satisfaction. Uh, Seth, I hope you're happy. You get what you pay for.
3: I'll, I'll try to think of a better answer during the I rest mean, we're of the going, show. We're going through all five, sense, five senses at this point. We, we, we've
2: got <laughs> smell. We've got sound. What, what's right. next? Touch, Yeah. Taste.
4: It's, a, it's a very sensual
0: episode of Insert what's Credit. the
2: best tasting Switch cartridge?
3: <laughs> oh, I forgot. They actually they actually put some shit on there to make sure kids see
1: exactly. it, right? They did. Yeah.
2: Have you tried? Yeah, one? you like my 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 wife and I read the
3: story. We were sitting at, like a pub, like just minding our own business, playing games, and then Lauren read the story online, and like we're literally digging through our little bag, and we the, the 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 bartenders thought we were insane because we're sitting there like they're like are those like little I'm like, like the ad, switch little acid tabs. It's, seriously, right? Like, what is this? What the kids are into, and I'm like, I ain't no kid, and like 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 bust the toad out of my fucking bag and start looking at. But yeah, they actually <laughs> did do that. That's crazy.
1: They did. It. They did. It. Did you like mix it into your drink? Did you? get a little bitters <laughs> yeah
3: okay no answer.
1: is the sound on all the nintendo switch trailers
4: the sound they play when they show the switch logo is that in any way uh is that is that a fully recording of the actual joy cons clicking onto a switch uh so does that disqualify the joy cons clicking onto the switch from being the answer to this this question because no, they have that, that sound counts. in the games
2: yeah, i think it counts
3: i don't know all i know is i've, I've never i've never disconnected mine so oh
2: yeah
3: nice. I, I uh yeah yeah I had the disconnect mine, time now.
4: Okay. One of my Joy-Cons started the drift after several years.
3: Yep. Mine started doing it during Celeste, I'll leave it at that. Oh, oh no. Yeah.
0: A bad game to get How JoyCon do drift in. Uh oh. here's my next question. If you could guess design just one level in an established video game series, what would it be and what would you do with it?
1: Ooh.
4: Hitman. Ooh. Hitman. Yeah. I think anybody who doesn't answer Hitman hasn't played enough good video games lately um <laughs> okay. so is is uh, what i would say because uh if you if you can play two levels of one of the modern hitman games and not want to make a hitman level and not start like walking through grand central station in new york and being like getting real hitman level vibes out of this you know you're you're not doing it right as far as being a video game playing person goes in my opinion i went to a a undisclosable location uh, last year and i was spotting hitman levels every god darn 15 minutes I'm like, this could be a hitman <laughs> level this could be a hitman level i was in the cathedral down the street from my house saint john the divine in new york city the largest gothic cathedral in the world and i was like you do a real good hitman level in here and then i realized that assassin's creed 4 has the notre dame uh cathedral uh assassination mission in it um so yeah hitman what would i what would i do with it airport there you go thank you that's the, my favorite. I final always wondered
2: answer. Tim uh, in that in that cathedral do they have a hot topic?
4: Oh because <laughs> it's a the gothic mean? cathedral. Yeah. Oh well yeah. Played. I mean yeah, I don't know about that. I, I I I care a little bit too much about the history of gothic and gothic revival architecture to uh, think that joke is funny in the slightest uh Brandon Sheffield. So uh okay, well, you've you uh, just you've just made my God darn list. You just made there. my goddarn list as an
3: archi- architecture unrespecter. Uh a trademark. Yeah. On on that note I'd go with uh the, the Thief games. I enjoy those Close enough
4: to hit man, I would
3: say.' What would you do? You, you're, you're you you've managed to avoid getting on my list.
4: As a hitman, disrespect. its only
0: one cardinal sin away from the Ten Commandments uh, between "Thou shalt not kill" and "Thou shalt not steal." So, yeah, well, I was—I always,
3: I always, I always want to see a futuristic take on the thief franchise. I don't don't know if they ever got around to it. You know, like the you know mm-hmm. laser, guard, you know, the whole like Mission Impossible or like you know a, good, he, a good a good heist. You know, yeah, you know, you're you're cutting through glass with a you know doing a little round cut. You know, you're are doing all the little smoke things to you know to infiltrate a vault and, and safe tracking and things like that. I think that could be. Did
4: really you ever fun. play that Mission Impossible? on the n64 dude god no did you play the superman game too
3: uh superman on the
4: n64 there's too many people talk about superman for the n64 and they don't talk about superman returns for
3: the xbox 360
0: oh superman returns (laughs) pretty decent game that was a good game
3: basically just had a big big robot yeah and wasn't Mm -hmm. that it was developed by like tiburon like the guys who did madden or something sometimes Mm -hmm. all you need is a big robot You know, uh, the Mission Impossible
4: on the N64 is actually a pretty neat, like, proto Hitman slash. uh, Really? uh, 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 Sort of like uh, the proto futuristic thief game. There's some neat stuff in it. anybody
2: wants to check out
4: a game with some neat stuff, check it
0: out. Brendan, we got a killing game, a stealing game. You want to do a bearing false witness game?
2: Uh, I do not, but (laughs) uh, I want to do Ridge Racer. Um, Oh, Ridge Racer. I want to design a Ridge Racer level.
4: You just want a want a racing game that's about the driving, man. Where did the yes. driving go in the racing? Do game a race racer
3: track that's basically desert bus.
4: <laughs> I just want to I just yeah. want to throw out Infinite. there for anybody listening that that was a joke about a very obscure uh, a very obscure joke about like a tweet I saw where someone was saying that they miss Ridge Racer because there's no games that are just about driving anymore and I just found it very utterly uh, uh strange to see cuz you can play a lot of driving games and just drive
2: or this and whatever.
4: So you say you would want to do a Ridge Racer track. Yeah. That's good. If you
2: want to do a Ridge Racer track. That's that's I mean that's a level and um, cause some some Ridge Racer tracks you really feel this like wow, someone really made this one. <laughs> like mm-hmm. someone uh, someone full on designed this track. They weren't thinking about reality or whatever. They were like, let's make something that feels good. It's going to be it's going to feel really good when you drift mm-hmm. here. Straight away is going to going to suddenly appear and it's going to uh you're going to be like, "Oh, look at look at all this zone I got in." Oh front my god, of you. how come
3: none of you guys have said fucking Mario Kart? Oh, well, uh, you
2: because, because you we're not Kart.
1: Nintendo babies here. Because I don't right want to. <laughs>
3: You know I only
4: very recently bought Mario Kart 8 for the Switch. Only like very only when it was like on sale during the Christmas week. I was like finally I guess I'll ago. buy. It.
1: You did um, am, I, am I the only one yep. who did not answer yet? Yeah. Yes, please um, go. Yeah. So uh I don't really want to do any work, so I'm going to do a Sokoban level. Oh perfect. <laughs> well, why not?
4: <laughs> so in case very anyone good. forgot, my answer is Hitman and what would I do with it? Airport. Yeah. That's it, man. Just give me an airport. I didn't, didn't airport, forget. man. Give me an airport. We all answered. Okay. Did it. Hitman on a, on a
0: train even? Give me a train. Oh, any game needs a train segment. I would put a train segment. I just
4: what I'm I'm not I'm I'm not spoiling any of the modern Hitman games, so I'm not going to let you know if there is an airport
3: level. You're two steps away from it's di- it's Die Hard in a Segway. It's just I think mm. there should be. I just I have an idea for an airport level.
0: Wait, isn't Die Hard in a Segway Paul Blart Mall Cop? Oh.
3: That's a good way of putting it.
0: Yeah. Uh here's my next question. I want to talk about Fortnite. What was this game supposed to be?
3: Oh, uh, the F-word, huh? Yeah, well, it was supposed to be a
4: a sort of a horde mode where you build and sort of a hybrid tower defense co-op. Yeah, kind of tower defense,
3: against. kind of Plants versus Zombies kind of vibe, right? And then I'm just gonna did. say this: I played it.
4: I played the I played the uh, the first original release of it, and I like the liked first it a lot.
3: original release actually did fairly well. I actually went to a hockey game with good old Mark Rain a while back, and he was mentioning like, no, it did fairly well, but just you know they wanted to shoot for. You know, Extra stars yeah. and whatnot, and then, you know, they did the best pivot in video game history as far as I'm concerned, and they're like, hey, is pretty cool, what if we did that, but cartoony and building, boom, step three profit, right?
4: Well, they got a trillion dollars or whatever, to, however many billions it's, uh,
2: yeah, give it's me breaking one.
4: in. My little yeah, brother now, plays it, his son plays it, my big brother plays it, his son plays it,
3: you know?
2: It's just amazing
4: so,
3: the the things you have to do and the luck you have to have to have, to have something hit that big these days. It's like a pachinko machine or just you know you make your best uh guess you make the best product and then you know if you get the right streamer to stream it you get the right youtuber to promote it mm-hmm. boom step 3 profit and it's chugging right along so more power it to it seems them.
4: a little weird it's it seems kind of like a joke to say this now but it it was not a sure thing you know fortnite being as successful as it is was was not a sure thing like uh no it was almost it was almost canceled multiple times yeah and it's like pubg was cool pubg i think was one of the best games ever made right and it's like it made. I don't talk about Fortnite much on the show, but I played a bunch of Fortnite. For what reason? The world won't know for a while. But uh, uh, Fortnite's uh, it's it's just a really really well made thing.
2: As as it was getting made, I'm curious what it was uh, what was what was going on with the thinking of it. It, I, I, it wasn't mm-hmm. intended to be like the world beating, uh, all consuming forever game that it is now i don't know i mean
3: they had you know they had a game jam after you know the gears have become a, a thing and then um you know a small team had put together the, kind of that cool little demo of the building and third person camera and things like that um and the art style was defined by a couple of the artists uh, who i'm dear friends with who uh, actually just shipped uh, high on life which is a lot of fun and uh then you know we worked with legal to make sure we could actually have the name and it, again started as that tower defense thing then Tencent came along and, you know, bought a bunch of my shares, and I was like, okay, this looks really cool, but I'm kind of tired of all the shit, so I'm going to leave now. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, then it languished along for a while. They tried making that cool game uh, Paragon, which on paper I thought was kind of cool. Uh, and then they did a, a UT kind of reboot, but, you know, they had a couple games that limped along, and then, you know, boom, pivot on Fortnite, and there they are, you know, becomes one of the biggest games on the planet. Which well, i remember I, reading I, I,
4: about it in like game informer and being like oh this sounds really cool
3: well it was also time to switch up the art style and you know i was standing in the room when rod ferguson my producer on gears you know told the small team that had built it like this this could be big this could be the next big thing which is why we need to can it because he was so obsessed with just making more gears games and it's like you know gears is <laughs> still gears is fine it's cool it is what it is you know but you know epic wanted to hit bigger you know and so then rod eventually departed i departed and then you know they spent years working on it and then yeah, you know, the thing—the kicker was they had a versus version in that in a very early version years ago, but it wasn't really prioritized. And then, you know, once the whole idea of battle royale became big in the zeitgeist, you know, they pivoted it right—the perfect time. and There you go. It's just as much hard work, talent, and skill as it is luck. Don't ever forget that.
4: Yeah, I feel like from from the player's perspective, it really felt like the Battle Royale mode. Like, I was there. I was playing the original release of Fortnite Uh, because, you know, I was a huge Gears fan. I was a huge Horde mode fan. I liked anything that made me think of old Unreal Tournament that made me think of old, like, vintage PC game shooting but also had the modern tower defense and also had sort of a Horde mode feeling to it and it just had kind of a breezy theme. And then when that Battle Royale, like, appeared... You know, from the player's perspective, it just came out of nowhere, right? I feel like it was announced and released, like, so quickly. Uh, I don't know how long it was uh, developed, but it just came out of nowhere and just became the game.
3: Oh, they've gone public to say that it was so easy for them to pivot. It only took them a few months of, you know, people working yeah. pretty hard to to do the pivot. I mean, you know, I mean, all the all the ingredients were there, you know, the building, the shooting, the collecting, right? Fortnite Battle Royale came out, like, days after, like,
4: the mainstream Became aware, like at large, of PUBG. PUBG was like a gamery gamer game for a while, and then it's like it felt to a lot of people. You know, not me because I was working at Kotaku.com at the time. You know, so it was my job to talk about video games and YouTube videos, right? So it's like to me, you know, I I, I was familiar with PUBG, but I feel like there was a huge number of people who thought that Epic just made Fortnite Battle Royale in like a weekend because they saw this game PUBG that had just quote unquote just come out right there was
3: there was a lot of people thinking that well that, that's 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 one of the fundamental uh, perception issues that the the general public doesn't really seem to get mm-hmm. about how games games are made like you know the fact that they had years of the unreal engine iteration the fact that they had made the save the world mode for the game you know that's that's what gave them all the pieces to rapidly iterate and then to put that mode out it's kind of like the people who like, you know, you know, RIP, you know, Boss Key and Lawbreakers. They're like, you just copied Overwatch. It's like, yeah, I put together a group of 80 people <laughs> and and made what you believe is an Overwatch clone in three months. Sure, dude. You know, that's that's not really how it works, man.
4: <laughs> the bigger the bigger <laughs> brain perspective is that Overwatch is just it's just a shooter that copied League of Legends. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's all just a. You know what, uh, Cliff, I loved Lawbreakers, like, 100% legit. I really, really liked Lawbreakers. That's all I'll say. We don't have to talk too much more about Lawbreakers. I loved it, man. It's time God for us it. to go into
0: our lightning round. We're playing one of our favorite games this week, Name Design. In this game, we create a brief pitch for a video game from a name I give you based on the title alone. Uh, this week, the theme is that all of these are names of achievements in the first Gears of War game. Oh, uh, I reiterate, these should have absolutely nothing to do with Gears of War. Okay. In fact, the more abstract they are from their original purpose, the better. Your first game is Time
3: to Remember. Um, It's a send-up, a take-off of uh, the old uh, film called uh, Somewhere in Time, which starred Christopher Reeve and a young Jane Seymour in which this man uh, falls in love with an image of a woman that's a photograph or a painting. I believe is a painting on the wall of this old, beautiful uh, resort in, like, uh, uh, upstate New York and whatnot. And he somehow manages uh, to mentally convince himself to go back in time because he loved her across all time and space. And it's ultimately a love story about this guy finding his way to return to the old era and remain with the love of his life across all space and time.
2: It's an adventure game, though. Exactly. Right. No, it's yeah. gotta
3: be. There's, there's, there's no guns. Maybe an Act Three has to check off demands. <laughs> uh honor
0: bound.
4: honor bound.
3: Honor bound. Well, I already went. Honor bound sounds like like a
4: very generic, uh sort of not very good Dark Souls like from a uh, Western studio.
2: It's like some sort of uh um like a you're a knight. And uh, you're on a quest. It's the
4: sequel to Ubisoft's For Honor. That's what it is. <laughs> honor bound. They, they, they didn't want to put a number in there, and they didn't want to use the old name. Well, it's,
3: it's kind of wanna... like the sequel to what, what was it? The Island or whatever is like Sons of the Island or something. Yeah. I
2: feel like it's a it's a prequel to For Honor because you're uh, if you're honor bound, you're on your way to honor. So that's it's, it's uh, it comes before it.
0: I like that. For the fallen.
2: So it's four dudes that can't stand up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it's kind of, it's like Fall Guys. <sighs> So is
1: it four colon the fallen? Yeah, four colon the fallen. Okay.
2: I'll
4: accept it. Broken fingers. Uh, It's like the the film Broken Arrow,
3: except uh, with a finger. It's the story of one man who has this uh, celestial God-given ability to point to something and to make it happen. And then at the beginning of the game, he has the ability like the kid in the Twilight Zone to just make things turn into cartoons or just send him off to the cornfield. And then something tragic happens and he loses his ability. And his entire quest is about him learning how to have new abilities, how to use his silver tongue and how to explore the world in order to make the world a good place until eventually getting
1: his finger back and realizing the finger was not good for him or the world. Mm. And, and in the end, it was he that was broken by the finger. That's mm-hmm. right. Exactly, and Exactly, he didn't want to be a
3: first person poker.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
4: So this, I love this... how
0: conceptual these
4: are getting. So the sequel is called Breaking Finger. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's the name of the sequel. Breaking Finger, Electric Boogalinger. A Dish
0: Best Served <laughs> Cold.
1: Oh, this is um, the subtitle it. of the Leisure Suit Larry game that has the locusts in it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Leisure
4: <Spock> Suit Larry <laughs> in a Dish Best Served Cold. Leisure think Suit Locust. They,
3: they didn't know they were talking about the wet spot in Larry's bed. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> cluster Luck. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Um, um uh, it's definitely like a like a sliding puzzle kind of game. A pe- yeah. No, it's, it's like yeah. a, it's it's a peggle like it's a peggle like. Mm.
4: Yeah. You know what? Why ain't people making more peggle likes? So we got four K one twenty now.
2: I'm ready for another peggle. Like
4: peggle. Right? Uh, can you? I mean, why
3: is nobody making a new peggle with the four K one twenty? I just started playing this game on my Switch where you're, like, some sort of knight defending the goods of a castle. Like, I remember what it was called, but it was actually kind of fun. But the whole, like, pachinko-type vibe is always fun. But just do Peggle with executions. Step 3, profit. I there think
0: uh, I think we're overdue for Peggle 3. Uh, yeah. Our next game is A Series of Tubes.
4: A Series of Tubes?
2: Oh, man. Necrosoft uh, Games programmer Lottie May has been waiting for a good hamster game for all of her uh. life. I feel like <laughs> you, know where this, you know where this is going. Perfect opportunity.
0: Uh, we, it doesn't have to go there, Cliff. No. We can choose not <laughs> for it to go there. It's have I mean,
1: the ability. There, it, there, there, is a mini game. <laughs> there is a mini game inside of uh, a dish of cold related yeah. to this. Yeah.
4: <laughs> called a series of tubes. <laughs>
1: Million to one shot, Doc.
4: <laughs> Million to one. <laughs> Curb appeal.
3: Kerb Appeal would be a home decorating game, which is uh, partnered yeah. with one of those like those home buy- love it or listed shows where it's like, what do you do? She's like, um, I'm a hostess at a restaurant. And it's like, what does he do? He's like, I'm an artist. And then what? What's your
1: budget? They're like six million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: You're mysterious. yeah, I was exactly. thinking
1: it was a uh, it was a game about dating Kirby. Uh,
3: yeah. uh, I like that a lot. <laughs> that um, could go off the rails really quickly too. <laughs>
4: uh, yeah. Well, how about it's Kirby's? You're building a house for Kirby. My
0: love
1: for you is like a truck. It's like a truck yes yeah hmm. um, well that's a clerks reference. Oh, that's a choro that's a choro q dating game
2: oh there we go ah. yeah choro q dating that sounds good Is choro <laughs> q those crazy ones in japan or choro yeah. q are the little yeah they're the little chubby little cars and trucks um, okay because i've seen the ones with all the lights on them that's cool shit oh
1: yeah that's different okay. i love a truck that's the disneyland electrical parade yeah. yeah and finally
4: seriously it's a game where you have to kill ten thousand uh people
0: <laughs> go on, and, 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 go your on. Name
4: is, and your name is Sam.
0: Oh, I thought your name would be Lee. Like yeah,
4: seriously.
2: Well.
3: I think serious Lee is pretty good. Yeah. I'd go with a political intrigue game where you're this uh, new politician uh, in Washington DC, and you are tasked with getting eyeballs at any cost, and you're willing to say anything in order to trend on Twitter or to get anybody talking about you, which is the current state of American politics. Get say or do the most outlandish shit so people it's are spooky. They can only be like seriously. Ah, yeah,
4: I like that. It's a Phoenix Wright like with social media in it. Is that what it is? Exactly. Where you're on Twitter instead of in a courtroom. Satire.
0: Uh, Well, that's our game. I'm tabulating the points. Cliff, you are technically our winner this episode, but Frank owes us a question. So he's going to be the one. He's going to be the one who gives it to us next week. I never forget. Unless you want Uh, to, Cliff.
2: (laughs) You're welcome to give us a a question as well.
0: Yes. If you'd like to submit an insert credit question for next week, we can take that off the air. We'll
2: do
3: that.
0: This is the point of the show where we recommend whatever we're into this week uh that we think our audience should check out or plug whatever thing we're working on to similarly check out it can be from you it can be from somebody else it could be from someone you care about deeply uh this <laughs> is your space to do that
4: it is not the space for people to uh send me a twitter dm or an email and ask me to mention their product here just well, just putting that out there not that you know
3: so it's just kind of talk about what you what- Talk about what you're playing and watching and feeling right now. Like, yeah. yeah.
4: What do you think our audience should check out
0: between episodes or what's something that you're working on that you would like I,
3: to well, I'm, What I'm working on right now is just multiple different IPs that could go God knows where. Um, uh, they could be games. They could be comic books. They could be Netflix series. I've teased some of them in my on my own uh, Twitter feed at the Real Clippy bee, which sounds so douchey years later, but they really were a lot of imposters back in the day. Um, so, you know, I've, I, one of the things I've really been into these days is the idea of first-person platforming done right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and mm. I swear one of these years if I ever make another game, I think it'd be so cool to do a spiritual sequel to the Jazz Jackrabbit games. and Yeah! You know, to do it in first-person. Yeah, so, dude. like, I I think Jumping Flash was way ahead of its time. Jumping Flash! And mm-hmm. I think Mirror's Edge had a lot of good ideas, although, in my opinion, was somewhat kind of boggled down with the animations and it, which interfered with some of the, the responsiveness that could happen. but. Hopefully that doesn't become a poll quote somewhere, but there's a, a little game I played recently that came out a few months ago called Neon White. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
3: It's first-person platforming, but it's bare, dead simple. It's kind of deck-building, light, but with some guns. And it's just basically, if you get good at the game, you just chain your way through each level in like 20 seconds, and it ultimately winds up being really gratifying. It's a game. Yeah, but in the speedruns the speed are insane. I saw that game, and
4: I said, What? I was like, that's too much stuff. And then I, I played it somewhat recently and it's pretty good.
3: Well it's all put up with this weird like manga rapper about these, these characters who like are have gone to this version of heaven and they were assassins. It's yeah, you've seen it. It's got this really weird dialogue where this guy just wants to see this girl's boobs and everything. Yep. It's very sure. very manga ish. But it's it's overall it's a it's a it's a blast and I was hooked on vampire survivors before that, which has absolutely no right yeah. being as fun as it is. Um that was like heroin. Oh, it's so it's so silly and, and goofy and fun and awesome and addictive. It's just like you know, and you can sit there with like a drink in one hand and play it with the other hand. Um, and then, uh, yeah, but just uh, otherwise, um, looking at what oh, I'm play, I started playing Norco also because I, I want to make a, an experience or a game or a comic or something set in New Orleans soon, and that's actually set in and around that area because I think the area just drips with with character and life and 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 mystery.
4: You know what's set in New Orleans is that uh, uh, Anne Rice's The Interview with a Vampire TV show available for viewing on AMC Plus. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if you want to go see
0: that, I've that one, meant, uh, another before. recommendation for Interview with a Vampire. You what's just plugged it there? like
3: you just plugged it like it was a press junket. Like you're working on it, <laughs> so it's well. I mean, I just, he's working on making other people watch
4: it. I've, I've recommended it on the show, and I've received yeah. several emails, Twitter DMs, Discord DMs, and otherwise messages from people who told me that they watched it and loved it. So uh, I'm re- doing the performing a rare instance of not uh, complaining about my email inbox. Keep your compliments for AMC's <laughs> interview with the vampire, the TV show coming. You know,
3: all I'm looking forward to is, is Nick Cage's Dracula. Oh, gonna
4: Renfield. That's going to be good. Renfield. Nicholas Holt, dude. He's my number one pick for new James Bond. I just, I'm going to say
3: that out loud. He'd be great. He's, yeah. he's great. I remember him in uh, in Warm Bodies. The fun fact is uh, mm-hmm. my, my sister-in-law's boyfriend wrote Renfield. Oh, oh really? Kidding? Yeah, it's uh Ryan Ryan Ridley. He worked on uh, Rick and Morty and whatnot. And he's uh they've been dating for like God five six years. And he, we were getting we have this whole family text, and he's on it, and like they were talking about the the recent like tornado that went through when they were filming. And he's like, yeah, the la-, you know Nick Cage was in front of me in the Dracula outfit as, as the tornado was going through the Ninth Ward. And all I all I could think <laughs> wow. was the last thing I'm ever going to see is the the building being torn away and Nick Cage in Dracula uh, attire being pulled away from me. It's the last
4: thing. What a way design. to go though that's a rule, read. dude. I saw the trailer for that movie on the social media the other day and I was like, I yeah, just I read it. Bram Stoker's novel Dracula. Uh I know who Renfield is. So the uh, reveal of Dracula was not a, was, you know, not very uh,
3: well, I mean that's <laughs> much of a twist for me Anybody who's seen a Nicolas Cage movie knows, right? You know, because you hear this yeah. voice like halfway through Renfield, go
2: get me a bowl, and like that's Nick a cage. Yeah, like, it's, it's, re- so it's, good. it's just Vampire's Kiss too. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward
0: to them expanding the universe with Renfield and friends. I'm gonna watch the heck out of that stupid movie.
3: Renfield. And <laughs> well, I think friends. Universal's trying to make it part of part of their like their monster dark universe thing. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah, like they've been working on for a while.
4: Yeah, yeah. I feel like if if that's the direction they're going with the monster uni- or dark universe reboot because that dark universe really fell off yeah. didn't it
0: the next movie will be igor
4: if that's the direction uh i
3: like it uh it looks real stupid and real fun it looks quirky it looks it look, exactly it looks fun and like but the thing is i i I love new orleans and i think there just should be anytime they film something there i just i can spot it a million miles away because my, wife's, Wait, my wife's watch in
4: interview with a the vampire dude watch it it's good All right brank okay, and frandon yeah you got anything
2: I got some, uh, first of all, Cliff, just, uh, I, I thought of this while you were talking, but I didn't want to inter- interrupt you that you should, you could go ahead and call your, your platforming game, jumping jazz flash. I think that would work just nice. Fine. Um, oh, no, well, I have this, I have this
3: vision of this trailer for it where it's like, you know, all the first person action. Cause again, jumping flash was just such an underrated little game and largely solved the first person platforming issues. And, you know, to, to the trailer would debut to the, the song, uh, jump around, it was at house of go. Pain, I think. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Are you going to do your, your slow acoustic version of Jump Around? Uh, of, <laughs> course, of course
3: of course. there's one of those out there. Jump Around.
4: <laughs> if anyway. not, commission one. God, that'd be so good.
3: So oh, good, oh, dude. Get some, some beautifully young, talented girl to play at the hotel cafe. Step three, profit.
4: It's all about just to uh, have the camera pitch down a little bit every time you jump. There you go. $300, please. That was my uh, my advice. You're like
3: the, only, like the third person to ever mention that to me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just tilt it down a little and ha- bit, and have a fucking and have a fucking shadow beneath your character that's visible at all times. It's not that hard. Yeah, yeah yes, Metroid,
4: uh, Metroid Prime. That's some 3D platforming that's good, right? That's that uh-huh, they, they handled it. They did it right there. Mario up in this bitch, jump around.
2: My recommendations: Um, one, don't forget to hit the publish button in the Switch developer backend when you submit a patch <laughs> to uh, to Nintendo. If a If you're idea. a video game developer, because uh, we kept getting bugs from uh hyper guns for it and we were like i really thought i'd fix that turns out the patch had been sitting in the back end for a week because we hadn't hit the publish button so did, did, did that include uh, notes it, uh your notes were not included <laughs> but maybe later Damn it. um yeah sorry uh I recommend The Equalizer, which uh, I'm sure Tim, you've seen The Equalizer. I j- only just watched it. That's the Wait, uh, the
4: movies, the TV show, or the or the new TV show, or the original TV show. I mean
2: the 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 Denzel movies. Denzel not... movies? I love those, dude. Yeah, yeah, the Denzel movies, because <laughs> yeah, I love those. We all like a good Taken, John Wick, Nobody, yeah, uh, etc. And um, this is a no- this is one of those that has a different vibe, and uh, I like it. And I found out that a weird vibe.
4: Yeah, I like the, it.
2: The, the main thing that makes the character interesting which is that uh he has OCD and he has uh, he's particular about certain things was uh created by Denzel Washington when he read the script and was like this is not interesting enough and he just developed that oh, gave it a little
4: the, twist but the that equalizer film is directed by Antoine Fuqua who has worked is, with oh, Denzel he's great. so it's a uh, yes, you know they 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 have a good relationship i guess with that sort of thing
2: i will just do one more little weird thing which is that i uh i actually decided to play that um that ebony game that gets um recommended oh come play, oh, come, my play my come play my, sword. So come play I my laggardly sword so i decided to do it just so that we would know what kind of a game it was maybe tim's already played it i don't know oh but, i played um, it
4: yeah i i had to a long time ago
2: because i see the ad where it's like pull these levers and then the the magma falls down and then oh it kills yeah you you one of and, the
4: people in the instagram comments who's like I played this game and this is not what it's like is that is that you now?
2: no you do play that um it's just yeah it's, it's, it's very like the slot odd machine that, loot box yeah that is that's your reward for playing yeah. the incredibly deep strategy game that evany always was uh and i was so i was like is this a different evany or is it so it's just the same avenue but you unlock those little mini things
4: it's their loot box opening uh interface uh basically right yeah. Like, uh Yeah. Interesting. I never,
2: never even heard of this. I'm, the
3: first thing I'm going to do when I finish with you guys is go Google it. I'm like, what the hell? There's a famous
4: internet banner ad with just a sexy lady and the words "Come play, my lord." Spell C U M. It's uh, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> very. <laughs> uh,
1: that is actually I- the only game I've played. Since that, that, ever you know, yeah. they try to get you
4: in with the image of a sexy lady and then it turns Dude, out I,
3: I, lo- I lost i lost my shit because like the, somebody i saw my social feed there's an ad for some like medieval game and they used cory chase the porn girl to advertise it interesting and they, they they what they did was they they went on her cameo and they paid her like 500 bucks to actually like say something about the game being great and then like they they put it in my, my my social feed and there's then i'm looking at her like where do i know her from and why am i thinking of ted ted cruz right now and like the literally you can see the little cameo watermark in the bottom right of the ad it's the funniest mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah snoop
0: dog's done a couple of those
2: Yeah. So I I took one screenshot from Ebony of of a piece of dialogue because it's, um, they have a lot in there. And so, and you can, can, there are like 12 different societies that you can be and they all have different art and whatever. But uh, I was playing as, I was playing as Korea and one of my generals at some point says, bloody heck, I swear the Rage King shall pay for his debts. (laughs) (laughs) Man, (laughs) pay for his debts. His debts. What?
0: Save that for an episode intro.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll send it to you later. Anyway, um, those those are my... Oh, wait, I have one more recommendation, which is that if you have played Evergun Sport on Steam, please leave a review, because that's helpful. Uh, and then please so, leave. And then please leave <laughs> Please leave with your copy of Epic Sport and never return. No, uh, please leave <laughs> a review, that's helpful. Okay, the end. Goodbye Frank? from
1: me. Um, I haven't really touched much since last time. I've been traveling for work and stuff. Um, my... Okay, so my my home project over the Christmas break is to uh, was to uh, look at my Mister again for the first time in uh, three oh! years, and I'm, I'm becoming one of those guys now. I'm becoming oh, Tim yeah. Rogers. So oh, you, uh,
4: I'll, I'll link you to the three D printed uh, solid state drive enclosure that I bought for mine. If um, you'd like.
1: Okay, fine. Yeah, I guess I do want that. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> but my recommendation is uh if if you know me in real life, just have an air horn and whenever I mention the mister, just like squeeze it at me. <laughs> What's the context of this gentleman? Oh no. Here
4: we go. Imagine a brick the size of roughly a deck of cards, except a little taller, that can house uh every single video game that's good, uh, you know, prior to the you know, like the, the PlayStation 2, right? Around about there. It's FPGA, fully programmable gate array circuits that can emulate hardware so that the games are, the software is not emulated, the hardware is emulated. Mm. You are not playing an emulation of an NES game, you are playing a replication of it.
1: It's, it's still emulation. It's just a different form of emulation. But the, the point is that... It's good emulation as opposed to the shitty ones I've played at many barcades. Instead of simulating the hardware in software, you're simulating the hardware in hardware. It's, the, the way I always describe it is like, imagine if nano machines went into your PC and just made it a Nintendo temporarily.
4: Yeah. It's like a food replicator from Star Trek for old CPUs of video game consoles. But what this equals cool. to you is a little tiny thing... That takes up one HDMI port on your television and lets you play Super Mario Brothers 3 with zero lag with
1: an Xbox
3: Elite controller. That's actually cool. But don't you want to get it on one of those, like, crunchy old CRTs, though?
1: Uh, There are filters for that, my friend. Yeah, and also, (laughs) what if I
4: told you that you can purchase it with an analog out in addition Mm -hmm. to the HDMI so you can have it plugged into an old CRT and a modern 4k television at the that, same that time shit, that
3: should never really that never really clicked with me until years ago i was at a pax and i went to the retro game room and i saw these old school monitors and like realized because mm-hmm. we we put the retro set up in our own house and it's all these like mm-hmm. these nice high-end flat screen tvs and all the all the retro games look like shit i'm yep. like what what is going on here and i was like duh you don't have like the proper old school like crt connection and all That's that why i still
1: have mine yeah and it's it is actually impossible to replicate that with a modern display okay. you just can't you can get kind of close um a recent update to the mister oh god i'm talking about it um oh it's so good (laughs) yeah thank you thank you um adds adds um hdr support have you played with this tim oh yeah oh yeah yeah. so so it 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 essentially like if you have a really good monitor um it'll send an hdr signal that boosts the brightness and makes up for the the sort of like scan line filter you'd put on it and it kind of looks like a crt
4: yeah, the this the, the it looks incredible. Also, uh you you've probably never heard the Sony PlayStation boot sequence sound in full digital stereo, and it sounds very, very nice coming mm-hmm. out of the sound system. Uh so it does it does perfect PlayStation, by the way. PC engine. Um the Saturn is almost complete uh you you're gonna i mean i've got all my saturn games on the ssd waiting for the saturn core to be complete uh cliff Blazinski, follow the guy a guy named mr add-ons on twitter okay just the word just the word mr and add-ons everybody listening do this mr add-ons on twitter uh the guy he does so you you mister's kind of a diy thing you can buy the boards separately uh, and you can kind of make it yourself or you can trust a legit dude like Mr. Add-ons uh, who lives in Idaho, by the way, home of the potatoes. So, you know, he knows what's good. Um, so he he can he will make you a pre-configured Mr. Kit with a in an aluminum case that he designed. And I had him make one for me. And uh, I have played it every day for the last wow. year and a half. Every I, I fire it up before I go to bed. And I just pick an NES game, and I or a or a Genesis game, or nowadays a PlayStation game, and I just uh, it's just it is the most beautiful thing.
3: I just wonder why a lot of us are kind of going towards that more retro stuff. Like uh, I, I have a PS5 sitting right upstairs, and I haven't touched the damn thing yet.
4: You know, it's uh, there's more there's more old stuff than new stuff by by the laws of the universe. Mm-hmm. There will always be more old stuff. There's always, but more also
1: old it. stuff you can just play before bed. That's kind of harder to do with. This yeah, stuff. fire
3: up yeah. Flintstones, Treasure of the Sierra Rack. console update. There's not a game update. Yeah. There's not okay. Like it's like anytime we, we would want to play something on our actual consoles, it's like okay, hon, let's boot these up and like we'll start it tomorrow because we have to let everything do its its bullshit. You know.
1: Okay, it's put strange. down put down the Mister Airhorn. Pick up the old people Airhorn. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's time yeah. for me to do my outro. Wait, I didn't. I didn't do my recommendation. I, I was just going to say the vampire. Oh, yeah.
4: No, that no, I've recommended that before. Come on. Okay. Like, go go uh, ahead. I was just I was jokingly bringing that back up. Um, uh for the last week I have been uh working on a 48-inch OLED uh computer monitor, a 48-inch 4K 120 OLED computer monitor, and I kept thinking it was going to be too big and uh it's been a week now and I really really like it. Uh, There's a lot of YouTubers out there, tech people, who talk about how much they love having a 48-inch monitor. Um, It sounds too big. It's 36 inches away. Don't you have to move your head a lot? No. It's uh, very, very nice. So if you listening to this have been considering getting one of the 4K OLED computer monitors that are out now, there's an LG one and there's an Asus one, Uh, I will not mention which one I got because that would sound like an advertisement. Uh, I would just say, go for it, dude. Uh, it's, I've seen it. You've been considering it. Yeah. Yeah. Jaffe saw it in person yesterday. If you've been thinking about it, go for it. Uh, it's, uh, it's very, very nice. Uh, you're already, you, you've already sold yourself. If you've considered it at all, just buy it, dude. If you have the, the means and the opportunity. Thank you. Well, I've got some recommendations.
0: Uh, I'd like to recommend if you're listening to insert credit on iTunes, go ahead and rate and review it like Violet field did who says, Through the Insert Credit Show, I've found my people. I've made friends. I've had my horizons broadened. I've laughed out loud countless times, and my vocabulary has been irrevocably altered. Dang it. A truly special show made by some truly special individuals.
1: Thanks, Piley. I don't
0: know what Alex Jaffe looks like, but I bet he's very handsome. You can you, also support us on patreon.com slash insertcredit, where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other exclusive content. You could also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com or look for Insert Credit on the YouTube. This show is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Chaffee. I'm
3: Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I, I guess I'm Cliff Blasinski, and you're listening to <laughs> Fresh Air.
0: <laughs> and the train is bringing the
3: pain.
4: Game over, yeah! Cold train is legit, dude. Everybody loves train